Hey guys, welcome to the Asian Hustle Network podcast. My name is Brian. And my name is Maggie. And we interview Asian entrepreneurs around the world to amplify their voices and empower Asians to pursue their dreams and goals. We believe that each person has a message and a unique story from their entrepreneurial journey that they can share with all of us. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Asian Hustle Network podcast. Today, we have two special guests with us. They are Paul Tuliforn and Matthew Tuliforn. Paul is a Southern California McDonald's owner operator with eight locations in Los Angeles County. Paul immigrated to the U.S. from Thailand in 1976, where he began working at McDonald's for $2.10 an hour. In 1978, Paul was promoted to swing manager and became a franchisee in 1994. Paul is married and has three children, including his son, Matthew. Matthew is a Southern California McDonald's next generation owned operator. He began working as a crew member in his father's restaurants at age 12. Matthew graduated from Stanford Law School and became the owner operator of his first restaurant in 2020. Paul and Matthew, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having us guys, you know, and, and also thank you for your intro. Uh, I did came in the state in 1976 and really the sole purpose of that is to get your educations. And uh, after the third day that I landed in the U.S., I found a job in a local McDonald's and uh, I have not left since. So that's just tell you that how good this company is. Uh, so uh, from my end, I still feel that McDonald is my first and also the best job. You know, as a McDonald's restaurant owners, we are very proud to be the America best uh, first job across our nine restaurant. We employ over 570 employees and offer them a career ed- education opportunity through McDonald Archway to opportunity program, which helps crew member finish high school, earn associate or a bachelor degree, or even learn English. Uh, we also have a great relationship with our crew, knowing that for fact that without them, uh, we won't be able to go that far. So they are very, very important in our, in our, uh, in our business. Wow, that's awesome. And Matt, how does it feel to be a part of the McDonald's family and own your first first restaurant this morning? I mean, it feels good, man. Uh, I think a lot to do with where I am now has to do with you loving the job, uh, do, uh, working at the job that you love, right? You know, like um, I went to law school, I was a lawyer, you know, like my hours were crazy, man. Like I was working 14, 15 hours a day. I still work 14, 15 hours a day, but I think it's a little different when you work 14, 15 hours in a job that you're passionate about, you know, like we're all hustling. Right. <laughs> so, uh, it, it's, it's nice being in the family. It's hard being in the family business. You know, like, uh, I think when I first started, uh, I came back about three years ago to, to work for my dad. Uh, and when, when we, when I first started, you know, like a lot of it was working for him, you know, like listening to what he does. And then eventually it kind of transitions to uh, mm-hmm. working with him. Right. And, and I think, I think that transition, I, I don't know when it happened exactly, but that transition is really the turning point in our work relationship. 
And I, you know, I, I don't know if a lot of people can have the same experience where you're working with your parent and, you know, like you're trying to find that balance between being a son or a child and, and being a work partner. Uh, I think, I think, uh, McDonald's right now is pretty, pretty solid. You know, like it's, it's a lot of hard work, uh, but I'm really happy where I am right now. I love that. I love that. And I know that your dad mentioned earlier that he has three children. Are you guys all a part of the McDonald's family, McDonald's business? Well, my sister is working for us. Uh, she's not an approved operator just yet, uh, but she's working towards that. And my brother, he's about to graduate college and he's, he's moving across the country for work. So he's not part of the business just yet. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Thanks. We'll see, we'll see where, we'll see where he is in a few years. Appreciate that. And yeah. like, what was opening up your first McDonald's like? What year was that? And what kind of challenges did you face? The, I actually start with three. I did not start with the first one. Uh, and uh, it's a big challenge because, uh, you know, you have a limited capital. So you watch your dollar and cents on a daily basis. And uh, we're fortunate. No, we, we got through. Uh, uh, I remember there was one particular month uh, after the payroll and all the debts I have to pay, uh, I actually almost walk, I mean, I worked that month for free because mm -hmm. the M&R, that money was so high, you know, mm -hmm. it sounds like things break after one thing, go to the other, but that's only like one month. And then after that, uh, I was able to carry the business through, uh, until now. So, uh, it is, you know, uh, it is a dream job, in my opinion. It takes a lot of hard work and effort. You know, we still have daily challenges, but nothing that really can stop us and can be accomplished, really. Wow, that's awesome. And it speaks volumes to your greediness, too. You know, I know that I was reading up on a survey or something saying that running a franchise is not an easy job. And most people think that buying a franchise means that it's going to be autopilot, you know, things gonna run itself, but that's not usually the case, you know? Right. And I, I think the next question is for Matt, really. It's like, you know, you're running your first McDonald's, like what were your impressions coming into your first uh, restaurant? And what what do you think of it now? You know, it's like before it's like, okay, is it gonna run itself? Is it gonna, if I have to be a very, it's like passive income for me, like what were, what's been your mindset at the time? No, I, I think I, I, I never thought that the restaurants would run itself. You know, I'm a, I'm a very hands-on person. Uh, I would say that I'm very particular as well when it comes to specific things. Um, it's hard. It's a lot of hard work. Uh, you put in a lot of time and effort. Uh, you know, you, you asked my dad when, what it was like opening his first restaurant. Uh, I think he became an operator in 94. So I was, I think I was like five or something. Right. And then for those first many years, actually, I, I, I remember you know, I wouldn't see him that often. He would he would leave early in the morning, come back pretty late. Um, and it wasn't until maybe like mid 2000s when his schedule got a little bit better. Uh, and I'll never forget, you know, like how how much I didn't see him. Uh, and it kind of translates to what I'm doing now. You know, like the amount of time I have to put in uh, every day. You know, like what I need to pick up on uh, if if something breaks or something goes down, uh, for example, like something in the office, right? Like I have to be there to 
pick up that slack, right? Because uh, there wouldn't be anyone else. Like, I have to pick it up and then I have to teach someone how to do it. And it takes time to, to train someone and, and to, to, to teach them how to do something the correct way until you kind of get that cycle back in. And then, um, and it, it's like that for my first restaurant too. When we purchased the restaurant, you know, a, a lot of culture change from how the restaurant was running previously. Uh, a lot of a lot of the employees that we hired from the old operator, uh, you know, like they they were very shocked with everything that we're doing. You know, they were shocked at like how much they saw me in the restaurants. Uh, there were you know there were a lot of broken equipment, just like my dad had said, right? And you know, like even today, we're still trying to fix things. You know, like I, I, we just got a text that. You know, like one of the panels in the walk-in fridge is like coming off, so it's probably not holding its temperature, which, you know, we need to get a fix right away. It's pretty expensive. So, you know, like it, things happen every day. Uh, things are always changing and, and new things come up uh, that that make the job exciting, you know, like, and, and it never gets boring for me. And uh, I think with opening the new restaurant, you know, there's a lot that goes into to owning your first restaurant, like there's a lot of paperwork, a lot of different things you have to sign, different things you have to do, you know, like get approved for this and that before you officially like take over. Mm -hmm. So So, you you mentioned that, you know, you started working as a crew member at age 12 and then you actually was studying law for a little bit. So a lot of people in Asian Hustle Network, you know, a lot of their parents had really kind of push them to be like a lawyer or an accountant or a doctor. And so those are like the conventional paths of success, right? And so I wanna know like, when did you decide, okay, I'm going to actually focus, you know, more attention to, you know, help out my dad and and work in McDonald's. Um, And what did, you know, what did Paul think about that? What did your father think about that as well? I think about you just making a change from law to McDonald's. Was it it catalyst as well? (laughs) Well, well, first of all, I think uh, the only difference between what you said, uh, Maggie, and from, uh, you know, like what happened with us is that uh, my dad didn't force me to become a lawyer, right? Like it, it was my own decision. Yeah, I, I started working at 12 just because, you know, he would just bring me in for like the few hours that he would go to work and then, you know, we would leave. Uh, so I had a little bit of experience back then. And then I worked through high school and college. Uh, and then I, I decided to become a lawyer because I wanted to have my own career uh, versus kind of stepping into what my dad's legacy was, right? And then, uh, and I remember, I remember the day that I called him, you know, I called him, I think it was, I wanna say February, right? And then, and then I came back in May, February, 2017. So I called him, I, I told him, I said, I said, dad, you know, like I, I feel like I've worked on my own, you know, like made my own income, you know, like lived the life that I kind of wanted on my own, you know, and I, I want to come back and, and work for you and work for the company, you know, and, and, and make my own legacy from the family business. Right. And then uh, I don't remember exactly. I remember that's why I told him, but I don't remember how the conversation went exactly, but he, you know, I, I remember when I, when I called him, when I was about to call him, I was, nervous, right? I was scared. I, I was worried about like disappointment, right? Like, I, like, oh man, I went through school. Like I have my own career. Like 
What if my dad is like, what are you doing? Like, why, why, why are you going to, you know, quit this job that you have? Like you, you, you went to school, you did all this, but he was very accepting. You know, he said, yeah, you know, like you should come back and you know, like, we'll, we'll get you started. And then I came back a few months later and then we started working and here I am. I love that. You know, I, I, I'm a firm believer that everybody should follow their dreams. In order to be successful, you have to be passionate and certain feel that this is what you like to do. So I actually told all my kids that, you know, whatever you want to do, I support it. You know, uh, dad's company will only serve as a high wire act and the company is a net underneath that. Don't worry. If you fall, I will catch you. You know, the day... The day you change your mind, you're welcome with an open arm. So <clears throat> the statement is to hold true today with the youngest one, you know, and he's going to be start working with Capital One uh, starting uh, July in uh, Virginia. So I wish him all the success and uh, same thing, you know, if two or three years from now, if he decide to come back, you know, he's welcome. Yeah, I love that. And I love having this podcast with father and son as well. <laughs> Never had this before. This is the first time. Oh, really? So, you know, we have a new perspective of the uncon- the conventional past success, the unconventional to McDonald's yeah. family business. So it's really, really unique. I, I just wanted to point out also that what you said, Paul, about, you know, if there's any time that you need me to catch you, like I'm right here. That is so rare in a, you know, father and child relationship. Exactly what the opposite of my dad told me. It's, He's it's, like, you fall, you fall. Yeah. And it goes such a long way and it contributes to the children's success so much further. So, no, I, I really commend you and look up to your your relationship between the two of you. Yeah. So I do want to switch the topic back to McDonald's a bit more mm-hmm. and understand like what, what, what involves building a franchise, right? Because like a lot of us here in Asian Hustle Network are always curious about these type of things. We don't know how to get started, what to get started. So can you kind of walk us through like step one, like, how do you identify a location, franchise? What is that licensing fee and all these things? Like walk us through the entire process because we're here to learn. We're here to support you guys even more. Well, for me, I am an insider. I work for the company for a number of years. So uh, when I got out, it just happened that one of the franchisee uh, decided to retire. So there was an opportunity right there. And then my boss actually asking me, would I be interested in taking over? Mm-hmm. Obviously the answer is yes, you know? And so uh, the rest of the history, I mean, I took over since July 1, 1994. But from the company standpoint, uh, we literally, uh, when we uh, start taking the a prospect of a licensing process is, there's a number of applications that are coming in throughout the year. We're talking about US-wide. I will not be surprised, or probably about 10, 20,000. And obviously, it's very, very selective. You know, we look at the history of the individuals and how passionate they are, you know, and also the community uh, uh, services that they have provided to whoever they live. And then financial, that's another piece. I and mean, that's why McDonald licensees uh, today, uh, we have 
uh, operators from different walks of life, whether it be doctor, nurse, uh, policeman, principal in high school, you know, fireman, uh, airline hostess, you name it, we got them all. It, it is this uh, different walks of life that come together. So when anything that we need to do with our system, we form a committees. So these operators actually represent a certain field. They are so-called the expert. And that's how company is able to strengthen by seeking out you know, their feedback on their view, along with some of the data we have researched. Uh, so the training process, once you get accepted through interview, the training process normally will take about two years. And it's actually a give opportunity uh, for the company to look at you as an individual. And you also look at the company, whether this is the right company that you want to be franchisee. Uh, right after two years, uh, you still need to go through approval process, you know, and uh, once they say, okay, you're approved now, it is really the company side. I uh, look at the location because we do have a real estate uh, uh, department uh, constantly looking for a locations that make sense, you know, because it's a big investment. You know, once we sign a contract, whether it be purchase site or lease, it's gonna last forever. You know, when McDonald's signed a contract, at least gonna be 60, 80 years, okay? Mm. So once once the company located a location, they'll offer to this individual that, hey, would you be interested in this particular location? Obviously, they have projections, you know, the financial, what's your sale, what's your expense going to be, blah, 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 blah. You know, also opportunity to grow. And believe it or not, many, many uh, applicants, uh, when they talk about location, they always want, obviously, LA, San Diego, and Hawaii. These are the top three locations. Uh, company know that. Pretty much, they were told this applicant, if you are seeking out these three, <laughs> it's nothing available <laughs> because it's a long life waiting. So, uh, but that typically that will be the process. Uh, Matthew's a different, different, we call second generation. So he actually worked for you know me and for at least, uh, including high school, I would say at least six, seven years. So it's a long, long process to make sure that, you know, the company has to make sure that these are the licensee they aim at and it fit McDonald. Uh, I guess when you open a McDonald dictionary, you're looking for licensee, well, I can see Matthew's face in there. So it's a lot of requirement. It, it, it is a lot of requirement. I mean, they like yeah, they I wanna, verification I wanna... and checks, you know, so. Yeah, I want to say I want to. Say, it was, it's really funny because uh, I get that question a lot, right? Like, how do you how do you become a McDonald's franchisee, right? Uh, so, like he said, you know, like my program is different than say if uh, you, Brian, or Maggie, you want to go apply to become a franchisee, right? Like your program is a lot different than mine. Yours, yours will take you know twelve to eighteen months in training. Then you go through the approval process. Uh, they kind of look at your background, what you do, right? But for us, 
like for us, for me and the other next gens, like they really come hard on you, right? Because they, they, they want to make sure that you can do it, right? That they, that, that you're not just coming in because you're entitled to the business. You're not coming in because, you know, like your parent says, oh, you can do anything you want and I'm going to give you this business, right? Uh, they, they really, really came down hard on me. Like, like, like my training was very strict, very rigorous. Uh, you know, they, they checked me once a month, making sure that, you know, all my numbers are good, uh, making sure that operationally, like I'm, I have all the knowledge that I need. Right. And then, you know, like McDonald's corporate, they'll, they'll call me, you know, like then I have to go and, you know, interview with like three different people. And then I have to go interview with other people, you know, it's like, it's like this whole process that, that is very, very strict, especially for next gens, because I think, I'm not sure, but I, I, I think, uh, you know, like there was a few generations back where they didn't have a program like this and they kind of just passed it on. And then things kind of went, you know, like off the charts because they didn't really have a, like a, a set training program. So then they, they really had to enforce it, you know, like if, if you have a child that's a next gen, like we need to make sure that, you know, like they can do it without you basically. And then, and then for the registered applicants, you know, what they call registered applicants, you know, like they, they they train you, you go through the training, you get approved. Right. And then now you have to wait for restaurants. I think that's, that's the, that's the biggest, the biggest difference is that, you know, like once I get approved, you know, like we have restaurants in our family already, but if you get approved, you need to wait for your restaurants. And and I know I know an operator here in LA who got approved actually had to wait seven or eight years just to get restaurants here in LA. And and, and it wasn't even LA proper, like it's like north, like way past up up in like uh, the middle of nowhere. Yeah, that's that's so interesting to hear. You know, just learn more about the McDonald's process. Um, I, I think at one point my dad also mentioned to me is that you should look into franchising one day. You know, and it's great. It's great hearing, hearing more about that right now. So the other question, I know, you, I know you, earlier you mentioned culture change within a McDonald's franchise. Can you kind of highlight that and what that means, and how you, how would you hypothetically walk in and sort of update and upgrade the culture of the uh-huh. franchise, and what what makes a bad culture and what makes a good culture? Yeah. I don't think there is good or bad culture. I think you know everybody, every operator has their own way of running their business. Right. You McDonald's, they don't tell you how to run the business. They give you resources and training and tools to help you do a better job at running your restaurant. But uh, I think every operator has their own style. Right. So if you purchase from another operator, whatever culture they have is the way that that operator operates the restaurant. Right. So once you purchase it, you you want to try to change it. So it matches what you're doing and it matches what the rest of your restaurants are doing, because because at the end of the day, uh, my main goal for my organization, for our organization, is to make sure every restaurant is the same. It's running the same. Because if, if you know, restaurant three needs employees from restaurant one, right, they can just go and they can work and everything will be the same, right? So when I purchase the restaurant, if I, if I move employees from that restaurant to one of my other restaurants, they would just be very confused. Like, I don't know what to do. Like, why is it so different here? Like, how, how do I do this? How do I do that? You know, where are things located? Who am I supposed to ask? Right. So, so in order to change that, 
right? You got to change the culture, the way that they think, the way that they do things and, and try to get them in line with everything else. Mm. Yeah, that was going to be my next question because I, I, I thought, you know, there would be a culture that McDonald's tries to like force you to implement into your workplace, but you know. Yeah, no, they, I mean, they, they give you suggestions, uh-huh. right? Uh, we try to do things, you know, like the way that they suggest, because, you know, like McDonald's is, McDonald's is McDonald's, right? Everybody knows McDonald's, right? And, and they haven't gotten this far by not doing anything, right? So when they give you tips and tricks and resources and tools, you know, like for us as an organization, at least we, we take all the, all that information and try to implement it. Right. Because, you know, like they wouldn't send it to us if they didn't know it works. Right. So why, why would you try to change something that, you know, that's going to work basically. And it's crazy because I remember a while back I read the book um, McDonald's by Ray Kroc. The importance of systemizing and building uh, processes for your for your organization so that each yeah. is basically identical. Mm-hmm. And that process itself, although very simplistic, is very difficult to, to mimic, especially in different states and different locations, you know? Because the quality of food has to taste the same. It has to taste the same here in California, New York, Texas, Seattle, wherever, right? Right. That process is extremely hard. Right. Now that we're running a company too, Asian Hustle Network, it's like we want our posts this way, we want our podcasts this way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> can't assume you know you have to always be very attention to detail and very straightforward with what you want so right i talked to you guys for what is it owning eight mcdonald's right now or nine that, that's pretty remarkable for what you're doing so commend you for that yeah thanks thank you with eight different locations you know i think like for anyone for example for me and brian that would be extremely you know daunting to t- to handle and manage eight different locations so how do you like decide and you know, how to, how to, you know, when to know when to go to each location and check up on those uh, locations and how do you manage those eight locations? And are you like a micromanager type where it's like, you can't <laughs> out of place. I, I'm a little bit of a micromanager. Uh, you know, the way that I decide to go is basically on a schedule. You know, I, I schedule, sometimes I schedule myself. Sometimes I just show up unannounced. Right. Uh, because sometimes when I schedule myself and then people see my schedule, like they're prepared for me to come. Right. Like they're like, oh, Matthew's going to be at the store tomorrow. You know, like we got to get everything ready. Like we, we need to make sure everything's great for his for his appearance. Right. But then sometimes I show up and then things are still the same. And then I tell them, like, you know, like you guys don't have to be scared that I'm coming because you guys got it. Right. You, know, you, guys, you guys are doing great. You know, but there are times where I go and, and things aren't the way that I want them to be right, things aren't at the standard that we set in our organization, then, then I say something, you know, then I'm like, hey, like, what's going on, right? But I I try to visit one or two, two stores max per day, right? Because I, 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 I'm a firm believer of, you know, like, if I, if I try to visit all nine restaurants in one day, nothing's going to get done, right? Like, I'm just just like, I'm just splitting my time, like, too much, right? So I, I will go to one restaurant, and then possibly a second one, uh, if I have time, if not, then I'll just, you know, save it for another day. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the next question that I want to ask both of you guys, actually, have you guys, do you guys have any funny slash war stories of managing McDonald's yet? Something that you're just like, whoa, I didn't expect that to happen. Um, I mean, I'm sure my dad has a bunch, but 
for me, uh, people, you know, there's always issues. Like, I think people is the biggest thing about, about our business, right? I mean, we have 570 plus employees, right? So there's always something going on, right? Like, uh, like 20 people call off or something, you know, like, it's just like, I'm just trying to like figure out what's happening, you know, like, uh, some managers are, you know, like getting into an argument with another manager and then we have to kind of figure that out, you know, like, uh, this person is, you know, threatening to quit. And, you know, it's just like a bunch of different things happen. Yeah. yeah. I, I used to tell my staff all the time that being associated with McDonald's over 40 years, you know, even my previous life, I uh, worked for the company as a director uh, on a daily basis, you have your staff coming in and, you know, either complaining, tell you different story. I always say that, look, all the story, I so far I heard them all. Only two things different, names and face. There's only two things change, but the story, I heard them all throughout 40 years. It just re repeated after repeated, it, but it depends on who says it. Yeah, what kind of stories have you heard the most? Uh, I mean, it, it, in times right now, it's about calling off, you know, uh, they might be taking advantage of the pandemic, you know, and it, it's, and you try to follow up with OSHA uh, rules and regulations. And uh, you do have a very smart staff. Sometimes they try to take advantage of the system, you know, and, but it's also make you smarter. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it's it, all the 575 employee, you know what, it, it's, you're going to have some, you know, I mean, that's just nature of our business. Uh, so, but I think both Matthew and I, we, every day we get up, we enjoy with the challenge, you know, and we look at the sun all the time. You, you can't have a lousy day, right? Tomorrow the sun rises again, you know? <laughs> So we don't give up. I think, I think uh, what it is also is that not a lot of people understand what a franchise is, right? Like they, they, they want to take advantage of McDonald's, right? They're like, Oh, like McDonald's, like we're gonna, we're gonna get millions of dollars from you. Right. But like, in reality, we're like a small business. We're small business owners. Right. So, you know, like we, like, that's not going to happen. <laughs> you know, like we can't, we, that's, we can't have that happen because it's not, yeah we're not McDonald's corporate or we're not some big name thing going on. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious, do you guys ever actually make the food yourselves? I asked this because Brian and I know another uh, franchisee owner and he you know, tells us that sometimes he just has to do the nitty gritty stuff, like make the food. And I really look up to that because he says, you know, if you can't even do like the smaller stuff, how are you going to run the whole, yeah. you know, the whole restaurant? Right. So sometimes yeah. you have to like go in like for example if an employee you know calls out sick like maybe sometimes you do have to go yeah. in the food so i think for anyone who doesn't own a franchisee they might think that as an owner operator you know you just have to manage on the on the high level but you don't have to actually make the food so i'm curious to know like do you guys have, ever have to actually make the food yourselves well mcdonald has a very very high standard you know everything we, we do it has steps procedures it's already in place 
And we not only have to make food ourselves, but we also have to taste it because we call it as a, a gold standard. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's why the franchise store, I require franchisee, doesn't matter where you go, whether you're in Southern California, Alaska, New England, Big Mac is a Big Mac. Mm-hmm. Crispy chicken is a crispy chicken. And we have to be consistent that way, you know, because our primary goal from the McDonald's standpoint is consumer-led, right. okay, consumer-centric. And it's in order for us to be successful, we have to listen to the customer, you know. Quite often I, I preach to my staff, when we have customer complaint, that is a gift to us. They are telling us what's wrong, what can we improve because they want to come back. You'll be foolish not to listen to them. You know, and and <clears throat> I think it has been a, a, a secret sauce for all of us, you know, and you see the McDonald's are open day in and day out, different locations and, you know, even now you travel, you probably see car wrap around the drive-through, you know, because we just recently launched the uh, crispy chickens and uh, in my opinion, it's very, very good. It's comparable to uh, uh, Mm -hmm. Chick-fil-A. So, except a little bit cheaper. (laughs) Uh, Was was your question also in terms of like personally, like do I personally go in and, and like cook and make my own food, make the food? Yeah, I mean, just, I, I guess, um, in my perspective, like, you know, what is your perspective on um, just doing the nitty gritty stuff? Because as like, first I love doing that. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I love doing that. You know, I, and also, you know, just to kind of go off of what my dad said, um, you know, one thing that my dad taught me from the very beginning, like when I came back three years ago, right, is that, that, you know, a good leader is likable, and is credible, right? So I don't, I feel, I believe that, you know, I can't be telling my employees how to do X, Y, and Z if I can't do X, Y, and Z, right? Like I can't tell an employee, okay, like you need to go, you know, put together a Big Mac when I don't know how to put together a Big Mac, right? So if, if I need to go in, if I need, if I'm at a restaurant and they're really busy and I need to step in and do something, I will do it, right? Like I'll, I'll jump on the grills. I'll, I'll throw meat patties on the grill, right? I'll, I'll, I'll put sandwiches together if I have to, you know, like I'll cook fries, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll put food together. Like, it's just, you know, I, I, you, you do what you have to do to keep the business running, right? Like if, 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 if they need help then they need help, right? You just go in and help them. Like, I have no issues with that whatsoever. Like if, if, uh, you know, if, if the toy, if the restrooms are dirty, right. And it needs to be swept and mopped, like I'll grab a broom, I'll grab a mop and I'll start doing it. You know, if the floors are dirty, I'll, I'll start mopping it. You know, it, it, I, and then employees will see me and then they'll be like, oh, Matthew, like, it's okay. I'm like, no, no, it's fine. Like, if you're doing something, go do it. I'll finish this. You know, like, if you finish what you're doing and I'm still doing it, then you can come help me. But, you know, like, go go do what you need to do first and then come back here. Yeah. You know, we all grew up in the system. And even today, you know, I'll still be able to visit a restaurant and, running a fry station and still be able to keep up with the volume, you know, and there are days that we're going early, you know, there are times I'm pouring coffee for the customer or even mop the floor. That doesn't really bother me. You know, I give you a chance to uh, interact with the customer and 
and you know how ask how they date you know and what can we do i mean we have a lot of royal customers you know in our restaurants Definitely. i really like the fact that you guys are emphasizing how important the customer is mm -hmm. whether it's being mcdonald's or any other business that you're running you always have to listen to your customers and what they have to say because you know sometimes the answers are right there and if we refuse to listen to them like the, we would definitely fail and also does remind me of our high school days matt we both wrestling <laughs> together. I had yeah. to own a bunch of McDonald's. But yeah. every wrestling tournament after weigh-ins, we always eat McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> let's go. Uh, let's go run like five miles and and get our weight down and like just sweat everything out. Don't drink any water. Go weigh in and then uh, okay, let's go eat like junk food now. <laughs> we made it. <laughs> we made it by point one. <laughs> And hey, once you guys got through your questions, and if you don't mind, I would like to give a few plugs to McDonald's uh, sure. at the company that, you know, I think this is probably the greatest licensees uh, company in the entire world, in my opinion. Yeah, of course. That's so, cool. you want me to go ahead and plug it in now? Sure, plug it in. So, uh, you know, the community support, you know, I can tell you that last April, at the beginning of the pandemic, our restaurant were among the hundreds of franchise McDonald's locations across SoCal that offer free breakfast to the first responders who were on the front lines. Since then, SoCal McDonald's restaurant have offered uh, free food to the first responder two more times. And then through last year's uh, thank you meal, you probably heard about that. And this year, thank you Thursday, so in total, we actually gave away more than uh, 88,000 coffees and 94,000 egg muffin and 288 thank you meals. I mean, 288,000 happy meal, thank you meal and the 10,000 uh, Thursday meals. And as far as the Ronald McDonald House and so-called McDonald's owners obviously play an important role uh, they help raise money for the charity through in-restaurant fundraisers, such as Walk for Kids, you guys may have seen that, Happy Meal Donation, and then Roundup. Uh, uh, so we also participate and encourage employees to take part in volunteering opportunities, and are even involved in the establishment of each house and program. As far as the impact, I think McDonald's, uh, our purpose is to feed and foster community by serving our customer, crew, farmers, franchisee, and supply. Personally, I recently just donated a, a 3,000 books booklets to the SoCal Thai community. Uh, the booklets are basically addressing hate crime, you know, what it's all about, and also encourage uh, individuals to file a claim if they've been abused uh, whether uh, physically or verbally. Uh, we stress how important it is. And, you know, uh, again, we, McDonald's also stand against, stand against the Asian hate. Uh, an attack on our Asian American community is an attack on all of us. And they're not going away soon. And these people, they attack, they're our customer, our crew, our employee, our franchisee. 
and the steady rise of incident of hate across our country is senseless and wrong. Mm -hmm. And uh, all forms of racism, xenophobia, and discrimination are wrong also. McDowell pledges to commit a chip charitable donation to stop AAPI hate, you know, and along with the Asian Pacific uh, uh, American. Uh, uh, so I think that uh, we, McDowell will continue to support uh, and uh, advocates and support the victim of hate and bystander intervention program. Uh, as McDonald, we obviously does not tolerate inequity, injustice, and racism. Racism. So that's a plug for me. Thank you for that. I mean, it's awesome <laughs> to hear and hear that McDonald's does stand against the rising Asian crime. You know, obviously a lot of things have happened to our community, and we need all the support you can right now, especially from larger corporations to support and amplify and you know, stop the sense of violence. You know. Yeah, for speaking up. Um, you know, it takes a lot of courage to speak up and with you know the platform of McDonald's, I have a lot of respect for the both of you and McDonald's to be speaking on this topic and really pushing for change. Yeah. Um, so we have one last question for you too, and that is if you could give one advice to an entrepreneur, an aspiring entrepreneur, what would it be? We'll start with Matt and then we'll do Paul. Uh, we'll start with me. Um, I said it earlier, you know, like I think you just gotta do what you love, you know, like you can't, like if you don't, if you don't love what you do, I don't think, you know, like success will come for you, right? You know, like, um, Kind of like you, Brian, right? Like we, we talked like a few months ago about, you know, like what you were doing before and then what you're doing now, right? And, you know, uh, just just seeing, you know, like the Asian Hustle Network and how passionate you and Maggie are about this, like it's blown up so much. And, you know, like when you told me about the time that you went to the panel and, you know, like uh, you you saw a bunch of people and you're like, oh, like how, why aren't there any Asian people in here, right? And then and then you decided to start Asian Hustle Network. And, and look at what it's become, right? And and like you're very passionate about it, and it's grown and it's growing and growing and growing, right? It's, it's grown so much that you know, like like uh, we had a call yesterday, and like this uh, this older McDonald's person who works at a different company, like he knows about the Asian Hustle Network, wow. right? And I, and I was just like, wow, this is crazy, <laughs> like you know, like and like you know, like McDonald's PR knows about it, like it's just like this whole thing that's blown up, and 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 it's just you know, like I I see you know, like how much you love it. And, and, you know, like, like, I think you enjoy it a lot, you know, and, and my advice, you know, for aspiring entrepreneurs is that, you know, you just need to find that one thing that you really love and you got to commit to it. And then once you commit to it, like, uh, I think your life will be great. You know, like whether, whether it's successful or not, you know, like I think success just comes from being happy with what you're doing. Absolutely. That's sound advice, Matt. Appreciate that. Appreciate the yeah. words, dude. Yeah. Makes me feel warm inside. <laughs> what about you, Paul? Any advice for us? Well, well it, along the way, what Matthew said, you know, I, I mentioned earlier, you have to follow your dream, right? What's your vision? You know, you have to have passion. You know, uh, nothing will come easy. You know, you will you will uh, face with many, many uh, obstacles and barriers, but you got to think about 
each obstacle barrier barrier that you overcome, then you're a step closer. You have to think about that, you know, and and you know, and seek out assistance. If you need help, don't get frustrated. You know, you have friends, you have family care about you, friends care about you. More importantly, nowadays it's all about Google, right? <laughs> Anytime you have a question, you can tap into Google, you get a lot of answers from that. So, you know, start slow, don't go too fast, and start small, don't go too big, you know, because you can take, get some learning from that, you know. Uh, I, I, you know, even uh, I was recommended to one of my friends who started a business that you got to make sure you have enough capital to cover for the first six months. Mm-hmm. You know, it might not go well. You don't want to be fall, you know, after the 30 days, just make sure you have enough for six months and then hopefully you'll be able to carry it through. So definitely. Yeah, definitely. I do agree with that <laughs> statement. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so Matt, um, how can our listeners find out more about you and reach out to you guys? Uh they know you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Uh, what are what are some ways that they do? I mean, like, like I'm I'm on I'm in the Facebook group. You know, I've been using a lot of resources in the Facebook group, so it's pretty pretty good. Uh, so I'm 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 on the Facebook group. I mean, I guess you can reach out to me on Instagram with my you know like hundred followers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll include that in the show notes as well. We do thank you guys for being on the podcast today. And appreciate all the stories and lessons learned you guys shared. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. Thank you. Yeah, thank you guys. Keep, keep in touch, Brian. All right, guys. Take care. Have a good uh, evening. Hey, guys. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please subscribe to the show. We would like to get to the top 10 on iTunes, so be sure to leave us a five-star review. We release an episode every single Wednesday, so stay tuned. Thank you guys so much.